It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another week, another Tuesday. At noon, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Steelers Fix podcast. It's Jeremy Betts and it's Andrew Wilbar back with you again. Andrew, we're going to talk your mock mock draft 3.0 today, and then we're going to have an interview later. But let's get into how you're doing. I'm doing well. College never, the college stuff never ends. It's always busy, always something going on, but more than halfway through the semester. We are only a month away from the draft, so uh, yeah, it's an interesting time of year. Is that why um, all your article submission uh, notices come in at like 4 a.m.? You notice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> those uh, those uh, texts that, or those messages on our Slack channel at 4.30 a.m. saying, I don't know if I'm going to get the first article, but I finished the one I was writing and it's like, good grief. Yeah. What are you doing up still? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, that, that's about explains it. Yeah. That college life. So let me ask you this. Um, these mock drafts, they're not easy, right? They take time because oh. you want to, you want to get it, get it right. You know, as far as like, you don't want to just, you don't want to pick three tight ends for one team just because you forgot what you were picking and got lazy or whatever. So, um, how do you, how did you approach this latest one? Tell us that I approach all my mock drafts the same, but as the draft gets closer, I try to base it more on rumors and base it off actual substance as to what could happen at the beginning. It's more just like, you know, this makes sense based upon said factors. 
Now I have a little bit of information I'm going off of, and that will hopefully build throughout the next couple of weeks. So hopefully by the time we get to Mach 5.0, we have a relatively accurate mock. That's always the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, sometimes your mock 3.0 or 4.0 ends up being more accurate than 5.0. Yeah. Um, but this just gives a good read on, you know, where things are at right now. Um, it, you know, part of this, it was really difficult at the top because you, this is the first mock that I've done since the Panthers have traded up to the number one spot. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know what they're going to do. There was a video clip of Josh McCown talking to CJ Stroud at the pro day saying, yeah. you know, something about live, you know, when you live, when you live in Charlotte, uh, but then there was another uh, person who hasn't missed on his quarterback evaluations at all in who knows how long. And he is saying that it's a lock. It's Bryce Young. Huh. And then there's still the thrown out there, you know, that a lot of the Frank Wright quarterbacks are six foot four or taller and they yeah. have these big bodies. <laughs> Could it be Anthony Richardson? Yeah. I have no clue what is going to happen. So I think we're all going to find out together on draft night because it doesn't seem like we're going to get uh, much notice. Yeah, I, it's going to be a wild one. This year's going to be wild, and I'm excited for it. But uh, I think, you know, just a projection of how wild it's going to be, you can take a look at the first four picks in your mock, uh, in your mock 3.0. CJ Stroud, you had going to the Panthers. I like that move. I really do. I think if I'm the Panthers, that's who I would go for. Um, you got Bryce Young going to the Texans. This is kind of their um, – you know, this is kind of their their dream scenario, right? Is that Bryce Young still falls to them at number two, despite getting leapfrogged by the Panthers here? And then at number three, you've got a a, tra- a couple trades here. Explain to me what this what this trade situation is happening here. So when I'm looking at the Arizona Cardinals, they've said they've been open about wanting to trade back. But I'm not sure how far they really want to trade back. Cause if you look at their needs, they need just about anything. So they obviously want more picks. But more importantly than anything, they need corner badly. They have nobody at corner at mm. all. And there have been some rumors about their interest in Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon. Well, if you look at the teams that could potentially trade up, you have the Raiders who could trade up. Um, but the, at the same time, they seem pretty content with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they probably will at least wait another year. And if things don't pan out, they'll go after um, Cade May or, or um, Caleb Williams next year, Caleb next year's Williams. draft class. But in this scenario, I have Washington. I'm looking at their roster, and they don't have much there at all. And I, I believe they like Sam Howell, uh, but he's more likely not the long-term answer. I think they are still looking to find their long-term solution. And when you look at Ron Rivera and his time that he had with Cam Newton and the success he had with Cam Newton, could they potentially be interested in a guy like Anthony Richardson with this incredible talent, the guy who has more talent as a passer than what Cam Newton ever did. Um, and that's not a knock on Cam Newton. This is just, you know, talking about how much potential Anthony Richardson has. Mm-hmm. No chance in the world they're getting him where they're picking at at pick 16. But I also don't think Arizona is going to trade back that far. So in this scenario, I have the commanders trading up from the 16th pick to pick seven with the Raiders because the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, of course, coming from New England, a guy who's probably going to be looking for a lot of picks. They have a lot of needs as well. So I have the Raiders trading down to pick 16 with the commanders commanders moving up, giving up a first, their first pick this year and plus a second and fifth round pick as well as a 2024 third round pick. Then I have them making the move up from seven to three with the commanders giving up their first round pick, which is now pick seven plus next year's first and second round picks to move up to three. So all in all, 
they're giving up because they're just, you're just swapping a first. They're not losing a first this year. They're just getting hmm. a higher first. Um, and they're all they're doing to get a higher first is giving up their first this year, as well as two seconds, a third, and a fifth. Okay. So it sounds like a lot, but it's really not that yeah. much compared to what you saw Carolina give up to move up to number one. And I do have them taking Anthony Richardson at number three. I think if they can pull something like this off, I mean, kudos to them because really mm-hmm. when you think about it, it's not that much draft compensation. Yes, they're not going to have much next year at all. But if they truly believe Anthony Richardson is their guy, yeah, you, you take a shot now. You don't want to be the one that's stuck with the quarterback you don't like in this draft and you feel like you have to take him because you don't have any other options. Is that where the Colts find themselves in this situation at number four? You have them taking Will Levis. I think – are they bound and determined to take a quarterback? Is Lamar Jackson on the table? Um can, would they write it out with a with a veteran like um, I don't know, let's say uh, somebody in the division, you know, like a Titans quarterback, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. You know, what, are are they bound and determined to take a quarterback in this draft? Chris Ballard has never been the type of guy to force anything in the draft, mm-hmm. but at the same time. I mean, the, the 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 I think the big thing for them is that they have Gardner Minshew. That is right. the thing that allows them to be able to wait on it potentially because Minshew has been a starter in this league for a while. So worst case scenario, if the if there's only one quarterback they don't like, and that is the one guy who ends up falling to them, and they're not able to make a move up for their guy, I think they feel confident enough that Gardner Minshew can start. Um, year one and they still have some other guys on the roster yeah um that they seem to be relatively high on but not necessarily a starting option so i i think when you're looking at it i have will Levis going there because i think it's more likely than not that if one of those quarterbacks are sitting there which one of them is going to be mm-hmm. i think they'll take him unless they decide to trade out there because at that point why wouldn't you trade out there's gonna be some team that's gonna like will levis enough to move up for him so at yeah. that point why wouldn't you try to trade out we haven't heard that many rumors. So right now, I'm just doing the safe thing, giving them Levis. But at the same time, it wouldn't shock me. Gardner Minshew looked really good last year when he played, albeit being on the Eagles' uh, stacked roster. But yeah. still, <laughs> um, we'll see what Shane Steichen wants in his quarterback. It's so hard, so difficult to tell at this point. Yeah. Uh, I could see Chris Ballard um, saving this pick, trading back maybe, or selecting one of the top defenders here. Um at number four, and then maybe jumping in on the Hendon Hooker um, sweepstakes in the early part of round two, potentially like that. Because um, you're right, he doesn't he doesn't make the um, the emergency move, you know, the emergency pivot that much. So I would say maybe he's got a chance to to wait a little bit and, and maybe still get a guy who who has some upside, maybe in a Hendon Hooker or something like that in the early second round. Um, dream scenario here for the Seahawks they get their their pick of the the top defenders in this draft and you have them going uh Will or um yeah Will Anderson uh and then the Lions taking Jalen Carter uh, another piece on that defensive line but then one I thought was interesting the Cardinals um going and getting Christian Gonzalez uh out of Oregon um uh, from their trade back scenario here uh is Christian Gonzalez your top corner in this draft or is this more of a fit thing this is more of the general consensus has him as the CB one. 
I still am slightly higher on Joey Porter Jr. than Gonzalez. I feel like Porter is more ready. Gonzalez is still too raw to me on tape. A lot of times he's not as fluid in his lateral movements, being able to turn um, in coverage with his back to the ball. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I still need to look into him a little bit deeper because uh, I didn't really watch. I haven't really watched any of his 2021 tape, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, there's something about him that just doesn't seem to be there entirely. And with Joey Porter Jr., it's just like every time I watched him, he was going after the football. And that was just something I always liked. He had that tenacity about him. And Gonzalez, I just didn't get the same vibe when I watched him. But he, this is where his draft stock is. After his combine, I think he is going to go top 10. The Lions, the corner was a big need until they brought in Cameron Sutton. They still could address it. But I feel as if with the Lions – They'd be willing to take a chance on a guy like Carter, even though it's not their biggest need. They have the ability to take a risk and, and just go for the most talented player available because of what they can do with that second pick, maybe get an offensive playmaker. It's too early to take a tight end or wide receiver. So right. I think they definitely go defense early on. Kind of skipping through here, but um, you have the <laughs> probably something that hurts you to the core. Uh putting the the top three tackles off or taking the top three tackles off the board in a row here. Um, The bears trading up for Paris Johnson. And then you've got the jets taking Skaronsky and the Titans landing Broderick Jones. Um, In this scenario, you know, you've got the Steelers missing out on the top three corners and the top three tackles. Um, So tell, tell us why though you have these tackles kind of a run on the offensive tackles. Is this, uh, are these guys that you, you see as, as locks in the top 15 or could one of these guys sneak, sneak by to 17? Well, I think unless Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, or maybe even Tyree Wilson were to fall to pick nine, I feel like Paris Johnson is the perfect fit for the bears. They failed a lot of their needs in free agency. They were active in free agency. The one thing they haven't done much to address is offensive tackle and Paris Johnson. It, he knows Justin Fields he has that Ohio State connection. He obviously did not play left tackle for Justin Fields, but he did for C.J. Stroud this past year and did a pretty good job of it. So I think that is the ideal fit just based upon the system. Um, and Fields knows what type of blocking he is used to. Um, I, I feel like that's the best fit for Chicago personally. Skaronsky, you still have that arm length concern. Does he move inside? Does he not? You know, same questions were about Rashawn Slater, though, and he's been able to stay on the outside and do a really good job. So I, I have the Jets taking him because ultimately if he moves inside for the Jets, it's not a huge deal because they need both. And yeah. the Bears could afford to upgrade one of their guard positions, but they address that in free agency as well. So I, I think you're looking for a pure tackle, a guy who can be an offensive tackle for sure in the NFL, and I think that's Paris Johnson, not Skaronsky. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Paris Johnson Jr. is my top tackle prospect in the draft. Um, Broderick Jones, to me, is the best fit for the Steelers outside of outside of Johnson. I don't think Johnson's fallen. I could see Jones falling maybe to 17 if if maybe these pass rushers start going early or the cornerbacks start going early, something along those lines. But in this case, you had all three tackles gone. You had the Raiders selecting Joe, Joey Porter Jr. after trading back to 16. Um, and then at 17, where we have the Steelers, uh, what's supposed to be their initial pick. Tell us what you did here. For the for the Pittsburgh Steelers at seventeen in the first round. So, I think after seeing what has happened in free agency, I know the Steelers can't address everything, 
And I realize the people that are saying, you know, the Steelers don't go into the draft with needs at all. They're comfortable with all these positions. Yes. Okay. I get that. Mm. But there's a lot of positions that I'm sure the Steelers would like to improve, whether they would consider it a need or not. They probably wouldn't tell you, no, that these are all needs, but when you just look at the type of players the Steelers are brought in, the Steelers have to bring in and or safety linebacker. Uh, you have to address corner. You have to address corner early yes. on. I don't think the Steelers are going to go offensive line early, but at the same time, the Steelers did look at Orlando Brown and free agency. So you, you have that curveball in there as well. There's so many spots the Steelers could address, but I, in this mock i have the steelers actually trading back i believe there is a 90 percent chance based upon what i heard at the combine i think there's a good 90 percent chance that with one of the first two picks steelers make a trade and mm. it's going to be a trade back because of the amount of trade finally of draft capital the steelers are going to need to be able to yes yes finally i and <laughs> i hate to say this but as much as i was not a proponent of omar khan getting the gm job I feel like he's going to be more aggressive and in the end do a better job as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just simply put, mm-hmm. Colbert's ways were just a little bit too outdated and sure. too conservative. Uh, so with uh, here, I have the Giants moving up. Obviously, the, New York is another team that spent a decent amount yeah. of money in free agency. They addressed some of their biggest needs. But one right. thing they need badly is corner. I think that's their clear-cut number one need right now. Uh, and when you look at you know the top three guys, there's only one left because I have Joey Porter and you're going one pick before the Steelers. So there's only one guy left. Mm-hmm. You can argue whether he's a scheme fit or not for the Giants, but ultimately if they have as high a grade on him as what at the majority of NFL scouts and executives seem to have on these top three guys overall, I feel like it would be worthwhile for the Giants, even though it's a deep corner class, to move up and give up a little bit of draft capital. Mm-hmm. I You can say, well, it's the Steelers pick. You're just trying to make some out of it. No, I'm, I'm being dead serious here. I think that this is not a bad move for the giants. When you look at what they need, they don't need that much else to be a contender, but they need a guy who can be a lockdown corner. Witherspoon's the only guy left on the board who has that potential to be that in year one. Mm. Now that the guy we get to the, for the Steelers, he might be able to be that at some point, but he's not there yet. Yeah. So I'm taking Devon Witherspoon. I have the Steelers being able to get a second and a fifth round pick for moving eight spots back in the first round. I don't think that's unreasonable. No. And the Steelers, they not only get that second round pick, but they also get a pick, a later fifth, which really closes the gap that, you know, 120 pick gap or whatever it is between yeah. the Steelers fourth and seventh round pick. So I think that's a really, it would be a really smart move by Omar Khan to take this. If the top three tackles in the top three corners are off the board. And at this point, I don't see the Steelers even going offense tackle even if one of the top three are there because of the other needs yeah i i love this this thought i really do adding another top 60 pick um here and you know still being able to probably land a guy that you like um which you had the steelers taking at 25 um you had them selecting deontay banks cornerback out of maryland and there's some ties uh for mike tomlin there there's some obviously the the athleticism ties that the Steelers are going to, are going to love um, with, with this guy. So tell us why you selected Deontay banks, and then we'll kind of skip ahead to your second round selections for the Steelers as well. Yeah. I, I, I struggled with this one only because I know Tuesday when the Steelers seven round mount comes up and then probably Wednesday or whenever, when the full NFL mock draft comes out both times, I'm going to get eaten up in the comment section for giving the Steelers a corner in the first round and getting, a Maryland player in the first round. It's like the mm. two biggest fears of a lot of Steelers fans. <laughs> but I, I, what really 
frustrates me to no end is when people call him just like he's just another workout warrior that you know nobody knew about right. him before the combine. That is not true at all. Not true. People knew about him before the combine. I, you can say what you want about Mel Kuyper, but Mel Kuyper had this guy in his top twenty-five long before any combine, senior bowl, anything like that has happened this offseason. And Banks, when you put on the tape. He's not bad. If no. you truly believe that Deontay Banks is a workout warrior, nothing else, go and watch some of his tape. He is smooth. Uh, he's he's mm. going to be on the outside. He doesn't have a, the most versatility in the world, but his hips are loose. He's got yep. great speed, and he's aggressive. Uh, he had eight passes to defend this past year, and I know it's only one year of production, but he does have good ball skills. Um, the biggest thing that I can say he probably needs to work on is just becoming more confident with his back to the ball. And that's going to come with experience because he's still relatively inexperienced. And I can understand yeah. why that will scare some fans off. But at the end of the day, he's willing to help out in the run. He's physical near the line of scrimmage. He gets his hands on opponents right at the line. And when his, you know, in zone, he has enough instincts to make things happen. Ideally, he's going to be playing in a higher man oriented scheme, which, you know, we can go back and forth all day is, you know, what's the best fit for him long term. But at the end of the day, the Steelers need corner. They have to address it at some point. And if Deontay Banks is their top player available on their board and they think they can get him at 25, why not take him at 25 as opposed to 17? I agree. I really do. And, you know, Bradley Locker um, did a fantastic film yes. study on Deontay Banks. Go check that out on yes. um, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com if you haven't seen that already. Uh, uh, plays to a lot of what Andrew is talking about here. Um, you know, he's got his issues, obviously. Um, he's not a, a finished product, but he has the traits and um, the production that you want to see for a guy that um, can can make plays at the next level. And to me... You know, a lot of Steelers fans might be like, oh, they didn't get Joey Porter Jr., so this is just a rebound pick, uh, a la Artie Burns uh, in 2016. This is not nowhere near the same thing right. to me. This cornerback class is, is much better than that cornerback class was. The Steelers kind of just went with their next guy on, that, on their list in 2016. There are about four or five guys here that I think you could really interchange. Cam Smith. Um, you had a Emmanuel Forbes going, uh, right before this pick, um, to the Steeler or, uh, for the Steelers. And, um, you know, there's, there's going to be guys that, that like, um, Darius rush, the other kid out of, out of South Carolina, maybe not a, a first round pick, but you know, you've got, you got five or six guys, even after those top three mm-hmm. that could easily see starter snaps in year one and be uh, players that project to, um, to contribute in a, in a positive way to their team. So uh, yeah, absolutely. This is not just like rebound scenario. Oh, we missed out on the corner. We wish we had, we, we still need corner. It's our top need. We're going to go after that still. I still think cornerback is, is probably the betting favorite to be the selection by the Steelers, no matter where they end up picking in the first round. But uh, if it's banks, it's not a Artie Burns 2.0 promise you that Steeler nation. Um, just real quick, uh, we'll finish out the, the first round with the with the trades and everything. You have the Steelers picking Trenton Sips, Simpson at 32. I think this is a good fit for the Steelers. I think that they've shown enough interest to where this makes sense. Just briefly tell us why Trenton Simpson at 32 instead of uh, maybe somebody else. Well, he's a true sideline-to-sideline backer. If you look at all of Mike Tomlin's teams, he's always had that run-and-hit guy. 
The Steelers don't have that guy right now. Cole Holcomb, if they're expecting him to be that guy, they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. I think the Steelers know that they have two decent run defenders inside linebacker right now, Nalanda and Roberts and Cole Holcomb. Tay Crowder, does he become that guy? Dave Schofield wrote a really good article the yeah. other day about Tay Crowder kind of being the hidden guy. And he's been a guy who's been productive. And that could be part of the reason why the Steelers don't see this as a huge need. Maybe they say Mark Robinson is the run and hit guy. Shannon yeah. White has been high on him for quite a while. And, you know, I like Mark Robinson as well. But ultimately, I think the Steelers know that this is a spot that is not set long term. Yeah. And Landon Roberts, you don't know what you're going to get out of him at this point. Um, but was a little bit inconsistent over the past couple seasons. With Simpson, you're looking at a guy who lacks instincts, but can he improve in that area? Sure. I know it doesn't always happen, but at the end of the day, Simpson is a guy that is capable of doing anything yeah. at the next level. He he has enough talent to become one of the best linebackers in the entire league. It just he and he it's not that he's, you know, just because he doesn't have instincts doesn't mean he's not smart in the brain. He's a very smart guy. He can he can tell you about the yeah. game. He can talk football with you all day and explain things from an X's and O's perspective. It's just in the split second making the right decisions, knowing instinctually what he needs <laughs> to do. And that's yeah. the thing that he's got to improve upon. Yeah, and sometimes it takes off ball linebackers time. You know, they they are involved in every aspect of the play. They're the quarterbacks of the defense usually. So sometimes that takes a little bit longer. So I would love that pick. The next two picks that you have here would be an Andrew Wilbar fever dream. I think you might actually leave your, your couch or your chair uh, and, and float through the air for a long time. Um, if the Steelers end up with Sidney Brown out of Illinois at 49 and then uh, your own Michigan man, Mozzie Smith at uh, 57 where with the Steelers uh, pick that they get in that trade in the first round. Uh, why'd you go with these guys? Obviously they fit positions of need, but I think Andrew that you see a little bit more in these guys as well than just, Ooh, here's a guy we can plug into a position of need. Yes. Yeah, so usually when I'm doing mock drafts, I get agitated because there's guys on the board. I see, man, that would be so nice if the Steelers could come and grab that guy. But I know the Steelers, and they never do what I want them yeah. to do. So it's not going to happen. Yeah. But if Sidney Brown is still there at 49, Steelers, you've got to do this. He is the only good, strong safety in this draft class. Maybe the Steelers have other ideas. that Maybe they're going to move Minka Fitzpatrick to strong safety. I can see that happening. Demonte KZ, if you're trying to make him, the Steelers are not going to play him at strong safety. Because when he played, Can't. yeah, when KZ played last year, Minka was the one who moved, not KZ. So Minka is capable of playing either. But at the end of the day, I think Sidney Brown, don't worry about his size. Yeah, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, only a little bit over 200 pounds. This guy plays bigger than his size. He hmm. is a flying missile on the field. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's willing to help out in the run. He can come down and blitz. He's. I'm not saying he's the same athlete as Troy Palomalu, but I'm telling you, yeah, the hair only helps his yeah. cause because when he flies around the field, man, he looks like a young Troy. The way he goes after tacklers, uh, or he goes to make it tackles. Excuse me. Um, and in the open field, he he's one of the best open field tacklers in this entire draft, not just at safety. And you're talking about a guy who's barely over 200 pounds. It's just mm -hmm. really impressive. I love watching Sidney Brown's tape. His teammates, the more, you know, maybe just as athletic or more athletic than him, and Artavis Martin, but love Sidney Brown overall. A guy, he's you can tell he's passionate about the game. He's very instinctual. I think he'd just be a great fit for what the Steelers want to do. I didn't want to lose Terrell Edmonds, especially for the yeah. easily little price Contra. that Billy yeah. paid for him. I know but it. 
at the end of the day, can't do anything about it now. Sidney Brown is the ideal replacement for him. Yeah, absolutely. We got to get to our break here in a second, but you did or, or here soon. You, you did select uh, Mozzie Smith, yeah. nose tackle out of Michigan. What does he bring to the Steelers if, if he if he arrives on uh, at the UPMC Rooney Sports Center? He brings day one run defending ability. Yeah with long-term pass rushing upside. And that's the best way you can really describe it. He's raw. He's extremely raw. But he also wasn't utilized as a pass rusher at Michigan. Don't look too much into the stats. He wasn't asked to rush the passer. But as the year went on, he got more pressures. And that's almost as important as sacks. When you're collapsing that pocket from the inside, making the quarterback scramble, that's almost as good as getting a sack. Mm. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet. But it is important, and he had a big part in Michigan's success on defense, being a top-notch run defender. So I think he's a great fit for what the Steelers need. And uh, a certified freak, uh, an athlete uh, to the core uh, in Mozzie Smith. Mm-hmm. All right, Andrew, that that was fun. Um, a fantastic mock draft. I, I'm sure you'll get uh, both ways from Steelers fans. Uh, but continue to check out what Andrew's bringing from uh, – uh, about the NFL draft on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and here on the Steelers Fix. We're going to take a break, but uh, when we come back, you're not going to want to miss it. Um, I had the chance to sit down. Uh, unfortunately, Andrew was not able to make it for this session, but I had a chance to sit down with uh, with a certain tight end from the uh, University University of Oklahoma and uh, just a fantastic interview with Mr. Braden Willis. And uh, you're not going to want to miss that. You're definitely going to want to stick around for the second half of the show where I got a chance to talk with him. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Don't miss it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And hello, Steelers fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Steelers Fix podcast from the Steel Curtain Network. You know who it is. It's Jeremy Betts back with you again. And uh, unfortunately, my co-host, Andrew Wilbar couldn't make it for uh, this portion of the podcast, um, but we do have a special guest on the show today, um, part of our uh, prospect interview series that we do here on the Steelers Fix, and it's a former Oklahoma Sooner and a versatile weapon from the tight end position. Uh, please welcome Braden Willis to the show. Braden, thanks for agreeing to come on, man. How are you yeah. doing? I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh 
just let's start off. Tell us a little bit about what the uh, pre-draft process has been like for you so far. Anything stand out to you as uh, difficult, fun, engaging? What you like? Uh, it's actually a lot quicker than I thought it would be. Uh, you know, you when you're in college and you go through a January through like April transition in college, you know, playing spring ball, you're doing winter workouts and it goes, it moves really, really slow. Uh, I guess probably because you want to be done, you want to be in the summer. But when you go into the, the combine and prep and the pro day prep and all the other stuff that you have to get done, it moves really fast. And so that's the biggest thing that surprised me was that how fast everything moved. You know, I played in the bowl game. Right. Was done with the bowl game. And I had a couple of weeks until I went to the senior bowl. Then right. a couple weeks after that, you're going to the combine. Then a couple of weeks after that. You know, pro day is here and, you know, yeah. now you're taking visits and talking to teams. It's just moving really fast. So that'd be the biggest thing for me. That's good, man. Um, You kind of forget, at, like, as fans, we're clamoring for the next season, right? And then start talking to players and, and guys prepping for the season. And it's, that time just flies by. Drafts, like, just a month away, basically, at this point. So yep. coming up quick, um, you know, I, I believe you grew up in Arlington, Texas, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so um, for for those of us who are non-Texans, um, you know, we hear all the time high school football is just on another level in Texas and uh, that you play, you know, you play big teams, big stadiums. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a big deal in Texas. Is Level with us, man. Is the hype real on that? It definitely is real. I, yeah. you know, it's cool being able to train with different guys that are from around different parts of the country. And we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago and I was explaining to them, you know, in high school, they're asking how many people my, my stadium held in high school. And I was like, yeah. probably about 15, you know, on the, you know, 15,000, maybe a little bit more, you know, just sure. depending on who we played. And then I vividly remember when we played uh, Permian in the play Odessa Permian in the playoffs. And that's the team off of Friday night lights. Right. Um, we had a crowd about 15,000 and I think they brought about 12,000 all Odessa Permian, which is Odessa is probably about six, five, six hours away from us. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the hype is real. I mean, towns like that, they really do shut down the the whole city and they, you know, it's a big deal to them. And I mean, same thing in where we're at in the city yeah. as well. You know, it's just a big deal. High school football means a lot to us. I mean, a lot of us have been playing since we were like four years old. So, right. yeah, it's a big deal. That's awesome, man. It, it, by contrast, I played uh, nine-man football in South Dakota as a high schooler, and we had maybe, you know, 25 people show up for uh, for our games. So uh, that's a lot of fun, though. Um, did, did you have any exposure to professional athletes while you were in in, in high school? Yeah, I mean, a couple of different ones. We had a lot of guys that uh, I played with. I played with one. I, he's actually on the Steelers, uh, oh. Jason Huntley. Uh, oh, he's sweet. a running back. Uh, he played at my school. I played with him two years. And then Miles Garrett also came from my high school. Oh, wow. uh, and he was there a year or two before me, Sure, uh, I think. But, yeah, so I've had a lot of contact. And there was numerous other guys that, you know, came from my high school or that my coaches coached or whatever, you know. So I've got a lot of exposure to guys that were in the league way before mm -hmm. I got into college. So it was pretty cool. 
That's fantastic. So, you know, big, big time football in Texas. You go from that to a, a big time school in, in OU. Um, you know, I'm sure you have multiple p- people you could reference as uh, had an influence on you. But what what about your time at, at Oklahoma, at the University of Oklahoma, um, will help you at the next level? Yeah, I mean, I just think I've got a chance to be able to refine everything that I felt like I was already, you know, that made me a player. So I already felt like I could, you know, run routes. I was a receiver in high school. I also played a little quarterback. So I've always felt like I was good with the ball in my hands and I could move around. I had to get a little bit bigger. I came out of high school around 220. You know, that's on a smaller end for some some of these guys nowadays. Right, right. Um, and then just be able to give, you know, a coach like, you know, Coach Beamer and then a coach like um, Coach Joe John Finley and be able to refine some of my techniques in a blocking game and just, you know, grow as a player. I think the most underrated aspect of going to Oklahoma is that you get, you know, some of the best of the best coaching. We're around some of the best of the best players. And so throughout my time there, I learned a lot of tips and tricks from older guys, you know, that were in my position room or just guys that were like Heisman's like Kyler and, you know, right, right. and, you know, so a lot of people ask me, how do I learn this on the field or how do I learn this leadership characteristic? And it was just like, you know, I was around a lot of great guys and it sure. helped me grow as a player on and off the field. So it, it's been pretty good being at Oklahoma. That's awesome, man. What's your best attribute as a player, as a tight end? Uh, I would say, I mean, you said it at the intro, my versatility. Yeah. Uh, I can do everything. You know, I I'm, I do a lot of different things. I do them really good, you know, so I can block in line. I can be a true Y. I can split out. I can be an F. You know, I can be in a backfield. I mean, I can just do it all. So I think that gives me a, you know, one up on most people in my class just because, you know, I'm a plug and, plug and play type of guy. I'm like a chess yeah. piece, so. Uh, it kind of helps me out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know from watching your film when I was doing some just some looking in in the lead up to the combine, um, tight end positions deep this year. There's a lot of a lot of guys that uh, uh looking to go early in the draft. And um, you know, you're competing with these guys, you're you're looking at these guys. Um, but for you, you know, uh, watching your your game tape, I just I just saw like along with the versatility just attacking every play, right. And never taking plays off. And so I think I just wanted to ask you, you know, what's your mindset on the field? Um, is it, you know, it, it doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm blocking down on this play or if I'm the, the go-to route on this play, uh, you attack it with, with tenacity, right? Yeah. Just, you know, like you said, being a physical and mm-hmm. tough player, I mean, I think I played a lot of different sports in high school. And I think the reason why I chose football is just the violence of it. Like I love the violence yeah, of the sport. And I think you kind of see that when I you watch my tape. Like I kind of got a concrete head. I go and strike everything. And, you know, just like you said, just playing every play, playing hard. We really stress that at Oklahoma and especially in our room, playing hard and, you know, putting that on tape. You, you know, you put that on tape, you might look a little bit faster than you might. You you sure. really are. If you're always playing hard, you know. Right on. But it's always going to show up on tape. It's always going to flash no matter what. They're going to be like, who is this guy running 40 yards down the field blocking people? Right. But I, I guess, you know, it's been honed in by the coaches that I've had. But it's also a little bit of who I am. I've always kind of been that guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's helped me a lot in my career, so – 
That's awesome. Um, any family members or friends that, that made a major impact on you along your football journey that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah, my mom, of course. Obviously. Got to start with mom. <laughs> yeah, That's mom right. is definitely going to be listening to this. Uh, she listens okay. to all my stuff. So. Good deal. Uh, mom, she's my motivator, my inspirator. She's the person I, you know, you know, if I have any type of concerns or like, you know, ideas, I bounce them off her. So hmm. um, and then just, you know, she worked so hard to give me, you know, what I've had in life. So and she never took any days off. So I just try my best to do the exact same, you know, be able to ease, you know, some responsibilities on her. And then um, I had a, num- a numerous amount of great coaches. I had yeah. uh, two coaches in high school. Uh, along with my head coach in high school, which is Coach Wager. Hmm. He's at Nebraska. He's the tight ends coach at Nebraska now. Um, I had Coach Reeves. He was my office coordinator. I had Coach Mills and Coach Jones. All those guys are the reason I'm the player I am today. Uh, coach Jones was my receiver coach when I was a young guy, and Coach Mills was my tight end coach. And like I said, like the way I block and everything, those hmm. are all directly attributed to those you know those two men right there so um shout out to them i appreciate them and they've been with me every step of the way so i've been grateful that's awesome one more football related question before we get into some fun stuff to kind of close it out how do you balance as a tight end because you're you're in the thick of things right as a tight end you're sometimes it's really physical sometimes there's some finesse involved how do you balance like the different um, responsibilities that come with playing the tight end position as far as, man, I've got to have this mindset, one play to to take somebody's head off. And then the next play, I've got to recognize this coverage. I got to, I got to read this linebacker. I got to know what my, what my hots are, what my quarterback's going to be uh, up against. How do you balance that at the tight end position? Cause I don't think many people think of tight end as one that needs to be real cerebral, but I think you got to have that right as a tight end. Oh man, I completely agree. Especially the way I was used you got to be kind of a heady guy. You have sure. to have, you know, pretty, you pretty sharp IQ. You got to be pretty sharp. Um, I, like you said, I do a lot of everything. I was playing, I was split out, you know, mm-hmm. so I had to know what the receivers were doing. I was in line. So I had to know the offense line, what they were doing, what calls they give, you know, the combos with the tackles, what type of fronts the defensive line are going to be in, what blitzes they can do and mm-hmm. all types of stuff like that. And then, you know, if I'm in the backfield, I need to know what the linebackers do, how they might be playing me, how I, how my, they might be covering me, how they might blitz. So, you got to know everything. And I just think it comes from being, you know, kind of a smarter guy and then film preparation and sure. just, studying. you know, I, I think that if you get ahead on your study and your film, mm-hmm. then you'll always have a, you know, a, just the, the upper, the upper edge on them, you know, just being able to know everything before it happens. So then you get on the field and you're just reacting. Absolutely. Game slows down for you and you're, ready to get at it. Awesome, man. So we'll wrap this up real quick. Just, uh, just want to ask you, um, a, a couple rapid fire questions, just some fun right. stuff here. And then we'll close out with the question we ask every, um, prospect that comes on. So, uh, just some rapid fires, uh, short answers, what, however you want to approach it is, is great, but, uh, let's start with, uh, your favorite food. Uh, oxtails. Oxtails. Yeah. Man, that is a, a a Texas thing if I've ever heard it. Right? <laughs> That's fantastic. No, no. I don't think I ever had an oxtail until I I visited the 
the lower Midwest, if you will. <laughs> uh, Southwest, yeah. Cool deal, man. Uh, okay, favorite workout day. Are you a leg day guy? Are you a, you a push push guy? What you got? Um, I would say I, I started off as a leg guy, so yeah. I'm going I'm to stay true to that. But uh, as I got an older, I became all body, but I'm going to start off. I started off legs, so I'm going to keep it legs. Cool deal, man. Um, okay, are you a gamer? Uh, I feel like I am a gamer, but I also feel like I do well at practice. But I do think that when it comes to the game, I go to another level that yeah. you know just it's hard to tap into sometimes. So I do feel like I'm a gamer. That's awesome, man. Um, being ready for the moment, right? I think that's that's a huge deal, especially at the next level. Um, uh, favorite NFL team growing up? Give us that. Cowboys. Cowboys. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, kind of the the Steeler rival from the from the old days, but I, I'll allow it now. I don't I don't necessarily care anymore. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I don't care either. I mean, it's yeah. you know going to, like now it's no favorite team. Whatever whatever team picks me, that's gonna be right. my favorite team. So yeah, man. All right, here's a hot button one. You ready? All right, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? LeBron James. Okay. Hands down, that's been my favorite player since I can yeah. remember. So I'm going LeBron all the way. All right, man. Cool deal. All right, what's your draft weekend plan? Um, I think I'm just going to have it at my house uh, with a bunch of family. I think we're going to turn it into a block party. You Sweet. know, yeah, have man. everybody there and everybody having a good time kicking it. I don't even think I'm going to be watching the TV too much. Sure. You know, when I get – when I get called, when I get drafted, you know, I just want to be able to pick up the phone. Oh, cool, I got drafted, and then get back to enjoying my friends and family. So, awesome. Along that line, the question we ask all of our, our all of our guest prospects here, um, you know, Steelers they need some help at tight end. We've got Pat Fryermuth, um, right. Big Ten guy, uh, plays really good, uh, real good all around player, but kind of bare in the cupboard uh, beyond that. So we need some help at tight end. Tell us your reaction if uh, on draft day you get that phone call and it's Mike Tomlin on the other end of that line. Man, I mean, I'm wearing a senior bowl hoodie right now. Yeah. So, you know, Coach Tomlin's always at the senior always bowl. There. And I made a good good impression at the senior bowl. So yeah. we already got that connection. I'm going to be real happy if Coach Tomlin get me. I'm telling him now, come get me, Coach Tomlin. Oh, man, we'd love to have you. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, man. And uh appreciate you, you being willing to come on here. and. um we are excited for you and uh, looking forward to seeing what you do at the next level. And hopefully you'll be repping the black and gold in, in a, about a month or two. Yeah, sounds good. I would like it. It would be a dream come true. All right. Thanks, uh, Braden. That was Braden Willis joining us um, on the Steelers Fix. Uh, you can uh, – uh, Braden, tell us where, uh, where people can follow you on social media if you've got it, um, mm -hmm. what they can look for you at. Yeah, so I'm Braden Willis on all platforms, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, I have a podcast as well, a uh, podcast on oh. the prairie. Uh, it's it, it's a kind of Oklahoma football-type podcast, but it's gotten to the point where it's a kind of – it's it's a decent size. So, you know, we talk about everything, and nice. we'll have young guys on it and all types of stuff. We talk about the pro, pro uh, aspect of it in the college aspect. So if y'all want to tap into that podcast on the Prairie and uh, that's about it. Cool deal, man. Well, thanks again for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your summer. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Yes, sir. You too. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Braden Willis, 
Oklahoma Sooner, uh, ready to uh, make his mark in the NFL. And, man, I'll tell you what, doesn't matter who we interview every time we do it here on the Steelers Fix. He doesn't disappoint. So, um, man, check out his podcast. I'm sure that's fantastic material. I'm going to have to check it out myself. And uh, be sure to look him up on all the social media platforms. Uh, Braden Willis, uh, a fantastic prospect. You're, you're going to like, um, if you watch his tape, you're going to like his tenacity. You're going to like a lot of things we talked about with him just now. Uh, so definitely a, a player to keep an eye on this draft process. That's going to do it for us here on the Steelers Fix. Uh, for Andrew Wilbar, I'm Jeremy Betts, and I hope you all have a fantastic Tuesday afternoon and beyond. Go Steelers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.